You can't double your income by doubling your work hours Ooh. or for your go hard women, right? You can't 10 times your income by 10 times in your work hours. If you're making hundred K and you want to make a million, you cannot 10 times your work hours. That's where I was. I was at 138. I wanted to make a million. Uh, th- that math equation does not work in no universe. Okay. I understand how to work time, right? Like change your attitude, change, changes your experience of time, but there's still everyone on this 3d plane still has 24 hours. Welcome to pivot me where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method, and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. We are getting real today. This one is going to be fun. Amira Alvarez is the founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman, a global coaching company helping entrepreneurs, empire builders, creatives, and athletes achieve their goals in record time. She herself had made a quantum leap going from barely making six figures to making 700K in one year, then on to seven figures and up from there. So she knows exactly what strategies were required, but today she's going to talk about the moment that it all changed for her. We will cover what to do when the people in your life do not support your decisions, your investments in your business. When that gets tough, because everybody's happy when we're all on the gravy train, but let's talk about when we're struggling to make payroll, when we're writing big checks that we're not even sure we can clear in the future. What does that look like and how do we navigate that? How do we get real about what's the best decisions for our lives and for our businesses when sometimes other people don't see it for us? She's also going to boil down the very basics of the three ways to make more money in your business. And she's going to tell us about the tiger chasing her. Let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Amira, and joining us on Pivot Me. We are so excited to connect with you today. I'm excited to be here, April. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we just read your bio, but I would love for you to tell us how you got into this type of work. Absolutely. So fundamentally, it was me wanting to help myself, right? I really, I had big goals. I had big dreams. I wanted more for myself. I didn't think I could have more, but I wanted more, right? Like I was in that big desire. How do I make it happen? What's the path? I I see that people are doing extraordinary things with their lives what's wrong with me? Okay. That was the story in my head, to be honest, it wasn't necessarily a functional story or a healthy story, but it was the story that was, was in my head. It was like, if I'm so smart and I'll flip my hair back, right. You know, like I did well in school. I worked hard on that. Right. If, if, if I'm dotting my I's and crossing my T's and putting in the effort and the hard work and the hours, and I'm a good person and I have a good service, why am I not getting ahead? Why is this feeling like a freaking grind, even Mm -hmm. though I have a good attitude, right? I'll wake up every day with a good attitude, but at the end of the day, you're like, 
why am I not freaking ahead? Yeah. And so fundamentally, I, I really wanted to help myself. I wanted to figure out where success came from and how to create it and how to create it like clockwork and with a methodology and, and not guessing. I had the, I don't know if you've ever experienced, but the, the, this, but the, the throw the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks strategy for growing my business. Yeah. Right. And, and that was not, I could explain how that's part of the process, but it's not a long-term strategy and it's not going to get you to quantum leaping your, your business and really making an income breakthrough. So fundamentally I got into it because I, I wanted to figure it out for myself. Yeah. I love this concept of, Hey, I did all of the right things because I think that there's a lot of speakers that talk to people that are like, all right, you know, we have to talk about worthiness and we have to talk about like, you have to show up and you have to stay disciplined. And I love this concept of, Hey, I, I thought I was doing the right things. I did well in school. I showed up, I hustled, I had the right attitude. Why is it not clicking? And I love that you're speaking to this audience because I think this really resonates for the pivoters listening is like, Hey, but I did the right things. I'm doing the right things. What, what's the key that needs to unlock the door? So before we talk about how you change and what you did, right, what is it that you were doing wrong? Or what is it that people who are in that position doing wrong? What are they missing? Yeah. Really good question. So, you know, we could get into a lot of specificity here because there's, there's nuance to it and discernment to it. And, and the power is in the details of of it, but fundamentally it was that I was not seeing my place in the universe correctly. So what do I mean by that? I, my beliefs about who I was, my identity and my self image were inaccurate my beliefs about how I fit into the way the universe worked and interactions with other people was inaccurate. I had inaccurate beliefs. And this is very hard to see for yourself when you're holding those beliefs, because beliefs are what allow us to survive based on our own conditioning, upbringing, experience, all of that. So they feel real and true. So it's like, seeing the green of the forest when you're in it and someone saying, no, 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 that's not green. That's Brown. And you're like, no, but I see green, right? Like it's like, it's, you, you can't see beyond your, your beliefs. So you're, you're really quite stuck and it can get circular. So fundamentally you have to change how you see yourself in order to really show up differently and, and have a different perspective on the world. So you could say, fundamentally it's about perspective. Yeah. So when was the moment that you realized that you were seeing yourself wrong or your place in the universe? My pivot moment. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So my pivot moment was, and this was, um, seven years ago, roughly. If I, if I'm counting correctly off the top of my head, there was this, this moment I had, so a little bit of a backstory. I started another business many years ago, grew that successfully to a place where I was in my small little mind body community in the Bay area was, was doing pretty well. And, and mm-hmm. people were coming to me asking me what I was doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had grown that business and, and done a lot of the research on how to grow businesses and was loving teaching people and all of that. And then I had this choice when I moved across the country, whether I would start that business again, or do something different and long story short, lots of deep heart and soul thinking, digging in. I decided I was going to start a different business based on what 
what I loved doing when people were asking me about how to grow a business. And, mm-hmm. and I just really loved that. So let's take that leap of faith. Let's go for it. That first year in business, I made 30 K I felt pretty good. It was probably six, nine months, not a full year, but I felt, I was like, Oh, I got something. I got something. something. Yeah. And then my second year in business, I tripled, I got to 90 K I didn't make that mythical six figure mark, but I felt (laughs) solid about tripling. And then the next year in business, I got to 138. So another 50 K. And so I was feeling Mm -hmm. fairly successful about growing the business as a solo entrepreneur, you know, different businesses have different revenue levels, but as a solo entrepreneur uh, service provider, that was decent for the first couple of years in Mm -hmm. in business, but I didn't know I I was an unconscious competent. I didn't know what I did to go from 30 to 90 or 90 to 138. Like I just had no idea. It was what I spoke about earlier. I was just doing all the things, you know, I would try this strategy. Then I would try that strategy. Then I would try this, right? Like it was uh, my, my fundamental meta strategy, April was work harder. Or just do everything. Yeah. It wasn't like optimization. It was just everything. Everything full out, go hard, work harder. You can do it. And there's truth to the work hard strategy. Like the, the, the flip side of that is the navel gazing, which is like, I'm just going to wish it to happen. And sure. Like that does not work. I just want to make sure everyone here understands that does not work. There, there is a certain amount of effort that you have to put in. Sure. Even though a lot of people talk about it, you don't just manifest it out of thin air. That's not how it works. You don't, you can find better opportunities and act on better opportunities and mm-hmm. make more money more quickly, but you still have to put the work in. Sure. Okay. For sure. So when I had gotten to that 138 level, that's what I made the year before I was sitting on the floor of my office. I was leaning up against the couch, laptop on my lap. It was the end of the day. I probably had gotten up at like 5.30, 6.30, something like that. And I was now probably 6.30 at night. And my husband called upstairs and was like, hey, babe, dinner's ready. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. I'll be right down. I just want to get one more thing done. Now, like famous freaking last words, right? right? Right. 45 minutes later, he's like, honey, I'm starting. And I was like, oh my God, this is so unsustainable. Okay. Uh-huh. This is, this is not how I want to live my life. And I was grateful that he didn't guilt or shame me. He's, you know, he just went on. Right. Uh-huh. But for me, I was like, this is not, this is not how successful people do life. This cannot uh-huh. be how successful people do life. Now I get, we need to put the effort in, but this, this was not how it worked. And, and, and then I had this witness perspective and I took a look at myself And I laugh now telling this story, but I was in the clothes that I slept in and because it was not a client facing day. So I hadn't taken the shower and I was like in the grimy dog hair covered sweats with the t-shirt that's kind of seen better days, not the cute little sexy thing, right? Like I was in the like concert t-shirt you went to 20 years ago. Yeah. Correct. Like way too comfortable. And I was like, this is not how Beyonce does it. (laughs) Okay. And, and then it got worse because I realized that I was like, I had such a tiger chasing me and I was like, so driven by fear of dropping the ball or not getting it done that I hadn't even brushed my teeth that day. Right. It was Mm. like, it was super pathetic. So when you mentioned the whole self-worth thing, all of that, the discipline, all of that's part of it. And I realized like I was not holding myself 
to a high standard of who I wanted to be like somehow I was going to be that woman in the future if I kept doing what I was doing, but Mm. that's not how you get to be that woman. Okay. You have to do different things to get to be that woman. So that was my big wake up moment where I was just like, you know what? There are not more hours in the day. Like my one strategy was work hard. I was already working the 12, 14 hour days. You can't double your income by doubling your work hours. It's not possible. Ooh, say that again. You can't double your income. You can't double your income by doubling your work hours or for your go hard women, right? You can't 10 times your income by 10 times in your work hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're making a hundred K and you want to make a hundred, a, a million, you cannot 10 times your work hours. That's where I was. I was at 138. I wanted to make a million. Uh, th- that math equation does not work in no universe. Okay. I understand how to work time, right? Like change your attitude, change, changes your experience of time, but there's still everyone on this 3d plane still has 24 hours in the, the day. Mm-hmm. And so that year, I really, like I studied success. I studied what it took and I did not 10 times my income. I did not make that million dollars, but I went to 700 K, which is, yeah. 138 to 700 K. You have to have changed your strategy to go from 138 to 700. You bet your bottom dollar I did. Uh, So wait, talk to us. I I, want to know more about this, but I love this phrase. You said, I have, I had a tiger chasing me. Talk to us about that. Yeah. I think everyone who, well, I can't say everyone, but I, I would imagine most entrepreneurs understand what this means. They have big goals, big dreams. They have deadlines. They have, Oh shit. I'm not going to make payroll. Oh shit. I don't have enough money this month. Right. Like, like, and you're like, Oh my God, it's the 27th. What the frickity frick am I going to be doing? Right. Yeah. And that is then, then you go into hyperdrive, all the stuff that you need to do. And there's a, there's a tiger chasing you. You're Mm -hmm. in fear. And you're physically reacting to a psychodrama like there is a tiger chasing you. Yeah. And I was getting up every single day doing that. And and in some ways, I'm, I'm not going to write this off as a strategy completely. In some ways, being urgency driven. For sure. Gets you, you get past, leverage. You get yourself. leverage. Right. Mm-hmm. You get you move past some of those sabotages, some of those places where you want to stop and and I've, I've learned strategies for, for doing that. You know, you, you pick a date, you announce it, and then you figure out how to do whatever it is that you're doing. Sure. Right. Yep. But you can have that urgency without the fear. And that's what I love to teach people how to do. It takes practice. It takes a different perspective. It takes learning the universal laws. I, I teach from a perspective of success laws, mm-hmm. like there are laws that govern success. And when you understand those, then you can govern yourself. And when you can govern yourself, you can make decisions that create time urgency without feeling like there's a tiger chasing you. Without the fear. I love this. So let me just recap to make, kind of bring us up to speed for, for the pivoters listening. So there's this pivot moment. It's this combination of your husband calling you down for dinner. And then let me do one, one more thing. And I'm laughing as you say that, because I'm thinking how many times have I been in this exact situation? How many times have our listeners been in this exact situation where it's like, hold on, I just have this one more thing or hold on, I'm about to leave the office. And then we don't leave the office, right? Because there's just one more thing and one more thing. I love this. And then like, just not caring for yourself, like the sweats and the the beat up t-shirt and the not brushing your teeth and like, all right, this is the sacrifice I have to make to get there. But then you stop and go, wait, does, 
Does Beyonce do, do this? Do other successful people do it? What got you here won't get you there. But we do make the mistake that when we want more revenue or we want more clients or impact, whatever it is, we do often make this mistake of, well, I just have to keep doing more of what I'm already doing. And that is sometimes a fatal error because what got you to 100K in revenue doesn't get you to a million in revenue. So we talked about a little bit about the mindset shifts. Is it just, you know, when you went from the 138 to the 700, did you go, okay, here are all the things that I'm doing. Here's all the strategies. My strategy was do everything and work super, super hard. Did you just go, okay, let's apply the 80-20 rule. What's the 20% that's really getting me my revenue and then optimize that? Like what's the actual tactics to going from 138 to 700? Sure. So there's, fundamentally on the tactical outer game, not the inner game, because the inner game mm -hmm. is 80% of it, April. Sure, okay. For sure. Like, this is like change your identity, change your beliefs, right? Like you need that because mm -hmm. otherwise you won't execute on the tactical things. But if for you sure. just want the tactical outer game, there's only three ways to make more money in business. I don't care who you are. There's mm -hmm. only three ways you raise your prices, you sell more widgets. So quantity, or you add a new channel of income. Everything goes into those three channels, three categories, I should say. And, and I like to reduce it to the, this, this, the simplicity of that so that you, because what happens for people is they start going into a business plan that has 50,000 moving parts to it. Mm -hmm. And then they have to do a thousand and one different things. And then what happens they stop, they go into confusion, confusion, overwhelm, overdrive for sure. And they don't, they don't execute. So let's break it down to the ridiculous, the, the very, the simplistic bits. So I did fundamentally two out of three of those. Okay. Okay. That first year one, I raised my prices mm -hmm. okay? and this is where that identity identity Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like and limiting beliefs like, oh, people won't do business with me because I'm so expensive. And am I the kind of person that charges X amount? Correct. Yes. Okay. So you have to, you have to learn how to change who you're being and hold that mm -hmm. and, and not, I'm not going to say that I didn't waver because I had all the same nervousness that everyone sure. else did, but most people turn around and I wanted it badly enough. So I didn't turn around. I, I experienced the discomfort and I stuck with it. Okay. Most people are like, this sucks. This does not feel good and go backwards. Okay? Why did you want it bad enough? What was the driving? How did, how were you getting leverage? Yeah, that's, that's a really good one. Okay. I want to get back to the three things. Okay. I, I okay. will, I will answer this first. Okay. Remind me to come back though. All right. I got it. So, I got a circle on my notes. Okay, okay. Come back to it, Amira. So fundamentally, so you can't make anyone want it badly enough. Okay. There is something core in you that wants it badly enough. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the challenge is, do you want it more than your fears? Okay. And I wanted it more than my fears. Now I got leverage in one way that I knew in the moment, mm -hmm. not before I made the decision, but in the moment. Okay. Okay. As I was going through it. And one that I can see with 2020 hindsight. So that year I invested in mentorship and I had always not, I shouldn't say always, but there was for the last six years prior to that, I always had some course I was doing or some mentorship, some coach that I was working with. I, I, I was not new to the coaching and mentorship game. Sure. It, it's huge. But that year I decided to work with a very high level mentor 
against my husband's desires. Okay. Like I'm just, that way. Okay. Like yes. I just need to be totally, Always. totally clear here. So the people who love us most often won't understand this, this drive and this need hundred yeah. percent. So he was fine with me investing 20 K to, to do a VIP day, but honey, I don't think a hundred K, which is what it was at the time. Sure. Like, like, let's just see how this plays out. Like, just take your time with this. You know, he also was like, is this guy selling snake oil? Right. Like the whole nine yards. And and let's just put this relative to your income. You're not running a hundred million dollar organization and going to go drop hundred K you're running a much smaller business. Like we got to put that into terms of like, here's how much money I was making. And I'm sure those numbers you were giving were revenue, probably not net profit. Here's the amount of revenue and my profit was much less than this faced with a hundred K investment. Like we just got to put that to scale. Correct. So there's two things here to answer the leverage question up until that point, all financial decisions, whether they were in my business or part of family were, Hey honey, what do you think about this financial decision? Sure. Even if it was my money, it was an us decision. Sure. I was asking for permission. Mm-hmm. I went against what my husband thought was good and right. And there's a whole conversation about that. Like mm-hmm. we could, if you want to go there, I'm happy to go there. But there was like, I was crying as I signed on the dotted line. Like I was having an out of body experience as mm-hmm. I was signing up for this, but I also knew that it was absolutely the right thing to do. And when I came back and I shared that I had done this because I did not keep it a secret, he pretty much didn't talk to me for three weeks. And I was in deep shame over this. Wow. And two things. I had decided to triple my prices. Okay. So back to where I went in the the three ways to make more money. So this hundred K investment was the catalyst for you tripling your prices. Yeah. So I, I went and I did a VIP day. I built a strategy, made the decision to triple my prices. And then at the end of that VIP day signed up for the mentorship. So depending Mm -hmm. on where you want to throw the decision, there you go. Okay. Sure. So I come home the first day that I'm back, I almost sell. The person said, yes, to my tripled prices. I didn't Mm -hmm. know what I was doing with sales. Now I teach sales, but at the time I didn't know what I was doing with sales and I didn't ask for a deposit and I didn't like close the deal basically. And Mm -hmm. she backed out. So, gotcha. but I had enough of an inspiration of like, this can happen. You set a new standard. You set a new standard. Yeah. That, and someone did say, yes, I didn't close it, but someone did say yes. So I was off to the races. But then my, my then husband was not happy with this. And I went into deep shame for about three weeks and didn't get out from underneath the covers. That's an exaggeration, but like it was challenging. And, but then I was like, okay, I've done this. I've signed on the dotted line. I keep my word. I pay my bills. I am going to make bank. Like I am just, I am going to, if, if other people have done this, I can do this. If there's one, I can be the the next one. And I just, I did everything my mentor told me as quickly as I humanly get myself to meaning like how to not like, not to be in resistance, not to say, I'll do that in two weeks, not to say that I'll do that later because I knew I would talk myself out of things. And I started selling at a much higher level 
And my husband then was very, very happy and thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. (laughs) Did he also think it was his idea too? No, he did not. Okay, good. So he never, well, and I I do want to touch on this, Amira. I'm I'm so glad that you brought this up and thank you for your honesty and vulnerability in sharing this story. And And here's- By the way, part of of this was, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not going to lose the money that I invested, but I'm also, I'm not going to get divorced over this. Okay. So mm-hmm. those were to, to full circle on that. Sure. Those were the two ways that I got leverage. Like the experiencing that was more of a negative than moving through the terror of learning how to do sales or the terror of being more visible and doing marketing at a higher level or the, yeah. right. Cause, cause these are things that like, it, it seems intellectually totally fine to go and do it, but emotionally you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Some other day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I love that you talked about this because one thing that I've seen both from pivoters and then even clients, a lot of clients go to a lot of personal development events and I'm a huge fan of them too. I highly encourage them, whether it's mine or anybody else's, just something where you're focused on you and your business and getting better and delivering at a higher level. Here's the flip side to that. People assume that when they see people going there, that their partners support them attending. Let me tell you, that is the rarity. And I'm just going to, I'm going to be real honest about that because if you're someone who is interested in things like that, but you're like, ah, I don't know. I feel like it would cause some, some tension or I don't know that I could get my partner on board. It's a big investment. It will, it will, because those people, they may love you, but they're also invested in the current version of you. And it's this combination of, of fear. Sometimes it's, it's legitimate concern, but it's also fear of the financial investment. And then there's also a little bit of fear of, will this new version of them still be in love with the old version of me? Yeah. And, and that happens so often that I really want to touch on this because if you're going through it yourself, I, I, I run masterminds every Wednesday and some people are simply in the mastermind because nobody else in their family or their partner understands their desire for more and right. they need to have someone in their life that gets it. So here's the thing. When you grow, it causes other people to have to react to your growth. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to go, wow, look at her. She's growing. I want that too. Sure. How did she do that? Let me go. I would like that. And some people are going to go, you're making me uncomfortable mm-hmm. because you're growing. And this can be your partner, your, your, your parents, your sister, siblings, your right? Yep. Like even your best friend. Okay. And so masterminds are super, super important. And here's the thing you've heard me mention my husband many, like two or three times in this, this conversation. And we had a great relationship in so many ways. And ultimately he was very supportive of the growth and started to learn some of the things that I was learning and Mm -hmm. was reading the same books and asking questions and all of that. And ultimately we got to a place where we wanted different things, but it wasn't. And here's where people stop themselves. You know, my company's called the unstoppable woman. So like, here's one way that people stop themselves. They project into the future saying, if I make this decision in favor of what I want right now, then I'm going to grow so big that it's going to alienate my husband and I don't want to be alone or, or some other version of the, the marriage is going to, sure, you know, break apart. I'm here to say that our marriage did not break apart because of the financial success. Okay. He loved that. Let me just tell you. Okay. Like he loved that. Okay. And fundamentally we had a conversation about 
three or four years into this process for me. And I was like, this is where I want our lives to go. And this is where I want to go. And this is what I'm into. Do you want that? And he was like, no, no, that's not the life I want. And he was like, I want this. And I was like, that's, that's not the life I want. Mm -hmm. And, and this is what no one talks about. Okay. Well, maybe I shouldn't say no one. There's probably someone else out there talking about this, but our sex life sucked. Okay. It had sucked for many years. And I thought something was wrong with me. And I was like, I'm tired of holding you hostage. Go have an amazing relationship with someone else. And like, I need to set you free. Yeah. Okay. And we had a very amicable divorce, but that me being able to get to a place where I could make that conscious choice, that took a lot of growth. Okay. Because I would not have been able to do that when I started this journey. I would have been like, my security is in being loved by this person. Right. And, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not advocating divorce, but the after stories like great sex life, making more money everyone's happy. We both have better lives, all of that. And I, and again, I'm not being flip about this, but I am saying that some of those fears, you can either create them as a truth, or you can create the outcome that works best for everyone involved. And it can be a really positive growth can be a really positive thing. Only 3% of speakers, podcasters, and authors make enough money to do it as a full-time career. 3%. Man, that's bad. I came from the big business world. And if I wanted to scale my speaking career and release courses, I knew I needed more than just case studies and metrics. I actually needed a personal brand. Brand Builders Group is a personal brand strategy firm for thought leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs. And they work with some of the biggest names. They help clarify your message, expand reach, and increase revenue while monetizing your personal brand. I still do their monthly consulting package, but I've also done their workshops, webinars. They're all great. Don't be part of the 97% who can't afford to do the work they love full time. Connect with the same team I hired to help me. Check them out at pivot-me.com backslash partners and get on their schedule for a free call. Do you think that if you hadn't gone down this road of personal development and financial success, different outcome? Totally. I would still be in that marriage. He would not be having great sex. I would not be having great sex. We would, we were great friends. We did life. We created life well together, but that part of our relationship wasn't great. And I probably would have still been you know, on Amazon trying to figure out like which $19 thing was the better deal, right? That's powerful. That was the life I was living. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but like I was committed to that. That's what I knew. That's what felt safe. It's really important to realize that that's what feels safe because Mm -hmm. it's known you've experienced it and you've survived it. So it's like, oh yeah, that's my truth. I know that. Yeah. It's interesting because it it comes back to what I heard was going through this process creates a lot of self-awareness, creates a lot of empowerment. And ultimately it gives you options where in the other version of your life that existed, that could have existed, that could have been your, your destiny, if you will, you didn't have as many options. And so you're backed in a corner and then you're backing him in a corner too. Ultimately, none of y'all are happy, but this path that you went down really set you both free. Yeah. hundred percent. 
And I, yeah. I still love him, right? Like there's not a, this is not about making him wrong. We sure. have, we had a great relationship and that's not a very culturally accepted perspective. You're either supposed to hate your ex or not get divorced or, uh, you know, yeah. any number of things, but I, I really have a strong stance for freedom and you can create freedom within a relationship. I've helped, helped so many women scale their business and scale their relationship so that it's become better. Okay. Sure. So I want every, the listeners to know that there's, this is not an advocation for want, like for divorce. I don't believe yeah. that. Yeah. What I hear is it's, you're advocating for just a better life. And whatever that looks like, like it's not this life that's being held hostage by real or perceived limitations. Correct. It's amazing. Okay. So this is amazing. Thank you so much for speaking honestly and candidly to that. Let's get back to the three ways that we make more money. Cause there's this world where you went from 138 to 700 and we were just about to understand. So you yeah. made this huge investment, huge, huge, huge investment. So let's not diminish that the amount of courage it takes, dropping 20K on development, whether it's your business or personal is huge. That's a huge commitment. But you took this a whole nother level of now I'm going to, I'm going to five times that I'm going to drop hundred K that's scary. That takes a lot of courage. Then talk to us about whether it was these three factors at place, like what changed then? Yeah. So in hindsight, I knew I, I can see that there's only three ways to make money. No one laid that out for me. I had to sure. figure that out, but like there's, there's raising your prices. I did that. Okay. There's mm-hmm. selling more of what you're already selling. So okay. no, no other change except you're selling more. That's quantity. There's a limit to that, especially if you're in a service. Let me say this differently. There's a limit to that. If you're in a service-based business that is connected to your time. Sure. Okay. One-on-one kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Products different that sort of sky's the limit. And then there's adding a new channel to your business. And that can either be within the core offerings of your business, right? That like I'm a business coach, right? So what I did was I added a mm-hmm. new offering, but it was within the, the framework of my business. Other people, like I've helped lawyers start coaching businesses and now they have two multi-million dollar businesses, right? Mm-hmm. It's adjacent, it's a new channel, but it's 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 stand alone business. Okay. And, and oftentimes you do more than one and there's some version of those three things. And I map that out in something called the scale plan. Cause you can really, you can, you need to look at your numbers and figure out which strategy works for you. So, mm-hmm. but don't make it more complicated than it is. Like, do you need to raise your prices? Do you need to sell more? Do you need to add a new channel to your business or some combination therein? And then once you have that identified, then you can go into cause and effect and figure out what are the new causes that I need to put into play to get this result. It's so simple when we boil it down to just that. Look at your business and go, which of these three? And and to your point, it might be a combination of, of all of these. We don't raise our prices because we think the market can't tolerate it or we have our identity like, well, I'm not the kind of person that makes this much or charges this much. There's limiting beliefs around, well, there won't be clients that can afford that. So we have to we have to do the work. Like Amir was saying at, at the beginning, we have to do the work on those pieces. And we've, we've talked about that a lot on Pivot Me is doing the mindset work so that we can turn these dials. But if we just look at our business and go, which of these three do we need to adjust? 
which of these is going to be the biggest needle movers in our business and then go do that thing. It really kind of takes what seems like this big nebulous thing and goes, no, no, no. It's just one of three things. Which of these three things, which of these three dials are you going to adjust? And then measure, we manage what we measure. So measure them and see what's getting you the most results. Correct. hundred percent. Don't make it more complicated. For sure. Business is easy. Yeah. That was one of the, the, the most challenging things for me to understand Mm -hmm. because I was raised with the perspective, the belief, the paradigm that says making money is hard. Business is complicated and you're going to be lost and there isn't order to the universe. It's all chaotic. And you're just a victim of circumstance, right? Like some version of all of those things. And the truth is we live in an ordered universe. There's a methodology for making more money in business, get out of your own way. Like it's time to step it up and don't make it more, more complicated than it is. Now, that being said, the process, the actual, like in the trenches, doing the work, there were a lot of dark nights of the soul, April. Sure. Like, I'm not going to, I had to go through those terror barriers, go through those challenges. And, and it's only afterwards with 2020 hindsight that I can see that, oh, this is easy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and now I understand the methodology and now I understand that it really truly is easy. It's just about for sure doing it. Yeah. I have a good friend who just opened up his own, he's a vet and he opened up his own vet practice. And we were having a long talk on Saturday night and I explained to him the dark night of the entrepreneur soul. And he's like, oh, that's a thing. I said, oh, oh, it's a thing. And you will have many of those. Totally. And so it's the thing you don't know about until you become a business owner. And he's like, I woke up at 6 a.m. to read reports on a Saturday and everybody else was asleep. And I'm like, yes, yes, that that definitely happens. So there are those dark nights and those early mornings for sure. But there is a framework that you can follow. We bake a bunch of emotion into it and we that's when it gets muddy, but it really can be an equation. Frameworks take the guesswork out of it. Talk to us about some of your success practices. So how you make sure that you're getting that predictable success. So even personal, like I have a morning routine that make sure I set up. I do a quarterly review. Talk to us about what you're doing to guarantee that success. Oh, I have lots of different ones. So let's, let's dig in. Let's Tell get me in. when to stop. Okay. So fundamentally I have a morning routine. It's evolved over time. The base concept of that, there's two basic things and it finds different form over time, but is study. Like, what am I putting into my head? Like, how am I growing myself? Mm-hmm. So in the early years, it was a lot of like learning, studying, immersing in, in, a different way of thinking to change my, my own thinking. And, Mm -hmm. and so we have something called the morning mindset club. That's a free program that you can grab. And that's about really teaching you how to think and, and differently about success. Mm -hmm. So I really do believe in starting your morning, putting good stuff in your head. I, I do something that I developed called the creation playbook, which is something that we, we teach in depth with our spirit of wealth mastermind. And this is this concept of, how do you create what you want and getting really super clear on your goals from a meta level, 30, 60, 90 day goals, what the beliefs are that are associated with achieving those. And what are the habits that go with those and, 
and really reviewing that every single day without fail, being super accountable, super committed to that and in doing it preferably first thing in the morning so that your brain, your mind, this incredibly powerful aspect of you can go about finding solutions to achieving what you want to achieve. And when you do this, you close the gap on time. It's, it's incredible process. So I do that as well every morning. And then I, I beat the sun. I have to say, you know, there are people out there who are night owls, but I am like, I'm up at 4.30, 5.30 every morning. And that means, yeah, totally. That means I have solid time to myself mm-hmm. to do the deeper thinking, to do the planning, the visioning, to before the emails start coming, before the meetings start coming, before mm-hmm. like I'm in, in outward engagement mode, I have already done more work in my business than 99% of the people out there. So that's a success strategy. And yeah, in terms of like how I set my business up, I always have goals and I'm very clear about like, what does it take to meet those goals? I have goals for my personal life as well. It's, it's holistic. I link my, my goals with my bigger vision and purpose. And if you had asked me six years ago, what your purpose was, I would not have been able to tell you, I would have been yep. like, oh, shut up about purpose. I just want to not be poor anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not be know? poor. That's my purpose. That's yeah. right. And, and now I have a much bigger purpose of, and fundamentally it has to do with like letting people know you can have a, a lit up life. Like you can mm-hmm. have I think we are brought up in kind of a schizophrenic way. Like you can have it all, but you can't really have it all. Right. Sure. Sure. And, and I really stand for having the great relationship, having the great sex, being in great shape. You know, I let go of 25 pounds. I feel so much better about myself. Right. And I'm running a business, I'm running a seven figure business. Right. Like it's like, stop the limited thinking, start being unstoppable and holding yourself you know, it didn't happen overnight, but you know, you you can do this over time and, and achieve more than you really think possible. So that's amazing. I love, I love this concept because we are kind of pushed into this binary thinking it's either, or, well, you can either have a zero or one, you can, you can have the thriving business, but you're going to sacrifice your health and your relationships and all these sorts of things. And, and you're an example of doing them all doing them being very intentional. That's how you get to have it all is being intentional. But let me ask you this, Amira, how do you self-sabotage? Oh, that's a great question. No one's ever asked me that. I love it. I love it. So I think historically it's been by getting exhausted, getting tired. Mm. I have some very clear trauma experiences, trauma with a a lowercase T, not a capital T from, from childhood. And my reaction, the way I save myself was by getting tired and curling up in a little ball. So you actually heard me say that, like when I went into this high level mentorship and my husband was like, what the frigity freak are you doing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I curled up in a little ball and went under the covers. Like that was my strategy for safety. And so that comes out in exhaustion and being tired. And, and, and I always know when I'm up against an edge where I'm really growing, I'll be like, cause normally I'm this, right. I'm like, Mm kind of talking a little fast and go, 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 go. I will, I will hit a psychological exhaustion, not even, I mean, it feels physical after a while, Mm -hmm. but it's psychological exhaustion. And that's a place where it takes discernment for me to realize, do I need to back off and give myself a little bit more 
space, time, flow, sleep, or is Mm -hmm. this just sabotage? Like this is the way my subconscious mind understands it will, it knows to stop me. Mm. Um, and I've gotten really good at discerning the difference, but that, that is, I think my, my biggest sabotage. Yeah. It's good. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for letting it. It's such a good reminder. A lot of times people think you get to a level of success and then sabotage goes away. It doesn't, it's still there. Sometimes we just get better at managing it and recognizing it, reach for better coping mechanisms instead of the usually kind of default coping mechanisms. But when we can talk about it and people go, oh, I sabotage the same way, or, oh, this is how she moves past her sabotage. It's a good reminder for us all like new level, new devil. Like we get to that new level and then we're like, oh, sabotage still came along or imposter syndrome or whatever it is still came along, but knowing how to manage that when it when it creeps up is, is a huge part of, of navigating yeah. success. Here's an interesting example of that. So, so this is a way like the after version is not that you don't start sabotaging, but it's, it's how you handle it and how you recognize it. Mm-hmm. So there've been a lot of initiatives that as CEO of my company, I have been driving, right? Like I have, I am a hundred percent responsible for putting them all into play and we're doing a lot of great things, but there's just a lot right now. Sure. Okay. And I recognized after a period of time that I was having not just a work day that was, you know, 12 hours or whatever, but I was having like meetings for eight to nine hours a day. And Mm -hmm. this was like, okay, this is unsustainable. This is not, again, that's that concept of like, I am going to burn myself out and and become exhausted if we keep this up. Mm -hmm. And I saw that maybe a little too late, but not, you know, not seven months later, but like, I was like starting to feel that exhaustion, right. Starting to feel that burnout. And I was like, Oh, line in the sand. We don't do this. Right. So now Mm -hmm. I know that is a sign of self-sabotage. We don't do that anymore. What, how do I need to change this, put new boundaries in? let my entire team know, do not book before this time, after this time, only a certain number of meetings in that time. These are the boundaries. This is done. Did things have to shift? Absolutely. But we shifted it and, you know, we're better off for it, not having stayed in that. But that's a, that's an example of how you can recognize the sabotage, but not let it be a sabotage. If you learn how to be aware of it and not make yourself wrong for experiencing it. Oh, that's so good. Not make yourself wrong for experiencing it. That's good. I think a lot of people try to hide it too. And then they end up hiding it from themselves and then we don't recognize it. Before I ask my kind of closing questions, where can people connect with you? If they want to find out more about what you're doing, the things that you teach on, where's the best place for them to connect with you? I think there's two places. I think the best place is our podcast, which you can find on all the podcast, you know, services, or you can go to the unstoppablewoman.com slash listen. And we have all our podcasts there. I do a ton of teaching and I share coaching calls and we have um, just great information, some good interviews, things like that. And then if you want free resources, like I mentioned, the morning mindset club and the scale plan, we have a free resources page on our website. So it's the unstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And we just have a, a, a ton of stuff that you can dig into. And I would love for you guys to check it out. Yes. And we'll put those links in the show notes as well. So it's easy to get to. Definitely check out the work that Amira is doing and the insights. Just a little bit that you've shared here has been 
so powerful and really makes us go back and think about our businesses, the things that are holding us back, whether it's us or just perceptions. I love the story of you investing in yourself and moving past this. I do want to know if you could tell the world one thing, what would that be? Well, the two things that flashed in my head, I'm sorry, there's two, but they all right. rapid fire one after the other. Believe in yourself and be unstoppable. Ooh, that's good. Believe in yourself and be unstoppable. Have you always done those or is that is that new for you? I think I have had both of those in my DNA, if you will. Yeah. But not to the degree that I have now. I mm-hmm. think- that I, I really truly did have a breakthrough in, in how much I believed in myself. And wow. I don't know that I would have known that there was more, if you'd looked at the, the me 10 years ago, I would have thought I believe in myself. Oh, I'm confident. Oh, I capable and efficient and smart and all of those things. I would have been like, kind of throwing my hair back and saying, I got it all going on, but my results didn't show that. Okay. Mm. My results were that I had insecurities in relationships and I wasn't making the kind of money that I wanted. And I was 25 pounds overweight, right? Like that showed something different. Okay. So I might have had rose colored glasses around that and not known that there was a higher level of belief because I hadn't yet experienced it. I didn't know what that meant. And then on the unstoppable side, I think I've always had the trait of persistence and creative problem solving, right? I think uh, one of the things that makes entrepreneurs really different than other people is they see a problem and they don't stop. They go, oh, how can we solve that, sure. right? And I think, so I, I, I don't think I'm unique in that. And I, I do think that I had that as a trait, but I know that now I have it at a whole different level because I got leverage over myself. And I said, yeah. actually, it's unacceptable not to make a million dollars and calls you to such a higher level. It, it, it requires a different level of problem solving. Whereas before my expectation was, well, let's get to 138. Let's cross the six figure mark. And that, that requires less problem solving. Mm. That's different so problems, right? Let me, yeah. Let's say you still have to solve problems, but you're solving different problems. For okay. sure. We, yeah. The goal is to have to solve bigger and bigger problems, right? Correct. If yeah. you're still solving small problems, you're still operating at the wrong level. hundred percent. You got it. What do you, um, uh, now I have one more follow-up question. I, I said we were closing, but now I've, what do you get to do now that you've done this work or what do you no longer need to do because oh, of this? Both of those are good. I get to do whatever I freaking want, April. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That feels amazing to me. I mean, can I buy a jet right now? It's not on my list. Okay. It's not one of those. It's a lot of maintenance. But like, no, I'm not a billionaire. Okay. But everything that I really want, I know how to, I can either have it right now or I know how to create it. Yeah. And that is. That's freedom to me. And I'm I'm not just talking about the material things. I mean, the relationship conversation I just had yesterday with my boyfriend, right? Like I know how to create what I want. And that sounds kind of obvious, but I didn't know how to do that before. And Mm -hmm. now I have zero doubt. Like I'm telling you zero doubt that if I want something, I know how to create it. And this is called manifestation. That's like a fancy word, like a a nice juicy word, but it's fundamentally knowing how to create 
exactly what you want when you want it. Ooh, that's powerful. Okay. Give us one thing that you no longer need to do. Well, I was going to say fold my laundry, (laughs) (laughs) but I just folded some laundry this morning, but fundamentally I don't have to do a lot of the personal life stuff. I I have a housekeeper that feels amazing. I uh, generally have a personal assistant right now in between assistants, but like, I don't empty the dishwasher. I don't make my own food unless I want to make my own food. Right. Mm -hmm. I get to play with my dog, but I have a dog walker who gets to walk him if I'm busy. Right. Like there's, there's a huge amount of choice that I think making more money allows you to have. Mm -hmm. It may be the things that I don't have to do anymore, things that you love to do, but I love having the choice of whether to order in or make my own food or have someone else make my food for me. Like it's just, it is awesome. And I wish it for everyone. Okay. Amazing. And now you're teaching people how to do that. So you're not just wishing it, you're making a plan so other people can follow in your footsteps. Correct. And this is my purpose, right? This is like, I want, I mean, the, the behind the scenes is like, yes, I want you to have, you know, the pretty clothes and the great relationship and the great body and then lots of money and all of that, if that's the stuff that you want. But fundamentally, I want you to have freedom. I want you to have personal freedom, which includes emotional freedom, mental freedom, financial freedom. Okay. Like what does it actually take to be mentally free, not be up at night worried or having a conversation with someone and feeling constrained and thinking like, am I doing it right? Have I done something wrong? Like I I know what that feels like and it's not freedom. Let me just tell you. So when you had to make this investment and relative to how much you were making, I'm sure that this was pretty scary. How did you navigate that? So, so here's the fundamental thing that everyone needs to, to understand. And, and I say this over and over again, and most people nod their head, but don't actually live by this. Okay. So if you want a different result, I am telling you, this is super critical. You have to do it differently. Okay. You have to make decisions from the place you want to be, not the place that you are right now. Mm. So I wanted to be a million dollar, multi-million dollar business owner. So I needed to make that decision, that investment decision from the place I wanted to be, not from the place that I am now or was at the time of that decision. Because quite frankly, I'd made 138K the year before and I was investing 100K. Yeah. Not a payment plan, but I was still investing 100K. Okay. Which is like unheard of, right? But, and it's even a lot to invest if you have a run rate of a million a year, but- Mm -hmm. It was like, if this is going to get me there, okay, point of relativity, I teach from these laws. And one of the laws is the law of relativity. What are you comparing it to? Is 100K a lot or a little compared to what? Well, if Mm. you're comparing it to a, a car you buy that depreciates in value, it's a lot. But if you're comparing it to learning what it takes to make money, learning what it takes to make order out of the chaos that you think this universe is, but it isn't so that you can replicate that again and again and again, that's small. That's a drop in the freaking bucket. That's what you have to compare it to. I I love the idea of like relative. I love this idea of, okay, I need to make the decision as a 
before I'm a million dollar business owner, or say your business is already a million dollars, you know, make the decision as though you're a $50 million organization or a hundred million dollar organization, but making the decision based off of where you're headed, not where you are. I love this concept. And what I'm hearing, the component that needs to be there that I think so many people struggle with is faith. hundred percent. That's, that's the, the component. Thing. Here's the thing. What most people, what stops most people, they hear this makes sense. I love this thought. It's great. And then they're faced with their next investment. Okay. They're like, I believe, I believe, I believe. Oh, I've got to write a check. Wait a second. Correct. And, and, and the, the, you have to be really honest with yourself. Are you going to do the fricking work? Mm -hmm. Because it's not magic guys. I didn't invest hundred K and then go, okay, I deserve this and let the money fall from the sky. I busted my chops. Okay. But was it worth it? Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. And did, you know, once I, and when I say busting my chops, uh, it's, it was 90% the mental stuff that I had to move through and, and 10% the work, the physical work of making the decisions and all that. But there was still a lot of physical work. (laughs) It's hard work, but you're already working hard. I mean, everyone who's listening to this right now, pivoters are hard working. Like that's not a question. It's like, you're already working hard. Why not work harder for a bigger reward? Correct. Or uh, let's say it differently. Why don't you work smarter for a different reward? That's a good point. Okay. Well said. I used to hate that expression. I heard that expression 30, 40 years ago, right? I'm 51. So probably I heard that 30 years ago. And you know, it was like work smarter, not harder. I was like, yeah, what, what, what the frickety frick does that mean? Okay. Yeah, for sure. And, and I learned, I learned what smarter was. Okay. And that was, I had to really get off my quote unquote high horse around that because I thought I was pretty smart already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had to, I had to eat a little humble pie and go, if I knew actually what that meant, I would have gotten the results I want already, but I mm. haven't. So I need to go, there's a smarter way. I don't know what that is. What is it? Let me find out. I'm willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's no free lunch guys. Yeah. Okay. And don't just 10X your current habits. Don't just 10X your current work because that's not going to do it. That's where the whole working smarter, not harder thing. Hard work doesn't get you there. That's, That's one of the variables, but that is not the only solution. That's just one thing that like, yeah, you have to do the work. But then there's all these other things that have to line up as well. Correct. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Thank you so much for the information you provided. We'll definitely put all your links in the show notes. Thank you for talking to us today on Pivot Me. I'm I'm glad that we connected. I love this concept of freedom. And as pivoters, as you're listening, like ask yourself those questions. Am I experiencing freedom? Am I experiencing, do I have the kind of freedom that Amira is talking about? And if not, let's do the work so we can experience that level of freedom, whether that's identity work, limiting belief work, or actually the tactics of, let me look at my business and which of these three things, which of these dials do I need to turn up or turn down so I can have that level of freedom as well. Thank you so much for today. You are so welcome. And thank you for that beautiful summary. That was awesome. Oh, it's amazing. Have an awesome day. And I'm sure we'll be talking soon. How badly do you want it? Do you want it more than your fears? 
man, I can imagine that moment in her house when she's she's barely making six figures in her business and wants to drop 100K on a mentor. That conversation in her house that day, the shitty narrative, no doubt, that was in her head, the fear, all of it. I can't say, honestly, if I was in her position, I would have had the courage, the faith to make the same call she did. Would you have? Would you have been able to make that kind of a commitment, write that kind of check in that financial position, have that much unwavering courage, unwavering faith in a thing you've never done before at a price tag that you have never paid? That just blows me away. Blows me away. She also talks about having urgency without fear. And that's so important because many of us derive our urgency, our hustle from fear. I know that I often do, but what would it look like if it came from a different place, a place that wasn't based in fear, maybe a place that was based in service or, or passion or, or something else. In closing, I want you to really think about what Amira said in making decisions based on your future business, your future self, instead of tying your, your decisions today to your current reality. The future version of her business was worth that 100K investment. It reminds me of the idea of how would the person I'm becoming handle this thing I'm about to do? And that's what she did. She made the decision based off of who she was becoming, what her business was becoming, not based off of her current reality. Let me ask you this. Where in your life do you need to make a decision based off of where you're going, not where you're at today? Connect with Amira at theunstoppablewoman.com and let's get after that next level. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.